Good morning, everybody. I grew up in a church where being prophetic was a natural part of everyday church life. Not just an expression of a few gifted individuals. When we were praying for one another at the end of a service or in our small groups when someone asked for prayer or even over a cup of coffee. Those were the moments that we regularly expected to give words of encouragement to one another. We were a prophetic people. And over the past couple of years, I've been working on a question that I've asked myself about what are the qualities, what is the DNA of what it means to be a prophetic people? And out of that, since the beginning of this year, I've been gathering once a month on Zoom with a group of about 15 from the Netherlands and about 35 from Germany um, to look at what it means to be a prophetic people. And I wanted to share that because out of what we have grown together and developed together over the years about what it means to be a prophetic people, that is having blessing to not only ourselves, but also to others and other nations as well. Also, uh, Richard and Jane Ward are also helping with the listening ear, which, which Marshall at the Elsham Church is putting on for, for, um, and teaching, equipping people in the prophetic. And I know some of you are a part of that as well. But in our last teaching series, we looked at what are some of the values of us as a church family. And today I wanted to add that, that we are a family of, church, of Christ followers who together are a prophetic people. What do we mean by the prophetic? Maybe this is something new for some of you that have just become Christians or, or new or just listening online. You're very welcome um, listening for the very first time. We believe that God is alive today and actively speaking. And God created us, men and women, young and old, as spiritual people to receive and hear his voice, his impressions, and his heart. Right at the start of the Bible in Genesis 1, it says in verse 3, And God said, let there be light. And then in verse 28, he cre- after he created man and woman, speaking of Adam and Eve, it says, And God blessed them, and God said to them. The first thing he did with Adam and Eve was he spoke, he blessed and spoke them and spoke to them. And of all the qualities of what it means to be a prophetic people, I'm learning that one of the most fundamental qualities of the prophetic, no matter whatever experience you have, is the fact that being prophetic is rooted in our relationship with God more than just simply a spiritual gift. Vince Lombardi was a coach of the American football team, the Green Bay Packers. And in 1961, the team was gathering for a new season. The previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when the Packers squandered a lead late in the last quarter and lost the championship. And those players would have been thinking about that loss all during, all during uh, the break between seasons, and now it was a new season. And Co- Coach Lombardi stood up and addressed the team for this new season. And his opening words were, it's time to get back to the basics. Gentlemen, this is a football. And coming back to the basics, they went on to beat the Giants to win the championship that year. In a similar heart of getting back to the basics, 
and learning the basics, our relationship with God is the foremost part of being a prophetic people. Maybe you're listening and you've been a Christian for a long time and this is not new, but maybe more of a fresh reminder. And maybe in the midst of it, of it all, just like the Packer team where the game of our lives has just gotten a bit too complicated. I'm equally aware that some of you may be new to church and, and these principles might be new to you. This is an invite to invite to, to a deeper relationship with God. If you consider yourself not yet a Christian, if you're listening online and maybe you've checked in on this for the very first time, you need to know that God is alive and wants to have relationship with you. That is why he sent Jesus to die on the cross, that you and I may have right relationship with him. And he knows everything about you and still loves you and is calling you to give your life to him so that you can have relationship with him. But we read a very familiar verse in John 10, verse 14. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And then in verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So if Jesus is the shepherd, who are the sheep? Can I get a ma if you're, if, or a ba if you're a sheep today? Jesus' words are, my sheep here. Whether you're nine, whether you're 19, or whether you're 95 years of age. I was so encouraged by when I listened to those videos from New Day, that many of them were saying, God spoke to me. And it had an impact on my life. This is our inheritance as believers. When my father died a number of years ago, I received an inheritance from his written will. It wasn't because I'd earned anything in myself, but because he chose to give it to me because of my relationship with him. And even though I had to fight for my inheritance because there were other voices and other opponents to that inheritance, it was legally mine. And the Bible, the perfect word of God, says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Notice the order of that. I know them and they follow me. So first of all, it's knowing God. And it's hearing God rooted in relationship. And then after that, we follow him in direction and guidance. The other part of it that's important is the fact that it's part of a spirit-filled life. Over the past seasons in various gatherings and groups and so forth, we've, we've had people and, and taught them about what it means to hear God and how do you hear God in, in our relationship with God. And while we were doing that, we, we noticed that while people were trying to listen, you could see on their faces their, their dryness. And their disconnect. It's not like we miss the spirit. Because the spirit is always with us. But we realize that that it wasn't just enough to, to, to show them. Here's some steps or here's five steps to hearing the voice of God. But actually a spirit filled life. Means that the Holy Spirit is living and active in me. And out of that spirit filled life. Out of the worship of our heart. God speaks to our heart so clearly. I saw in Acts 19 this last week that Paul came upon some believers in Ephesus. They'd not yet even heard of the Holy Spirit. They had no previous Holy Spirit experience. And notice in verse 6, after Paul had explained to them more about Jesus, it says he laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them 
And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Hearing God was a simple, immediate effect of a spirit-filled life. We must start with and remain in a spirit-filled life. And it's a simple prayer that I like to keep asking God. And we can ask him, say, Holy Spirit, I need more of you in my life every day. More love, more power, more of you in my life. As the song goes. So Father, in Jesus' name, I just want to pause right now and ask that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you've already been working in, in the midst of our gathering around you. You're already working in our hearts. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, you're working, Lord. And in Jesus' name, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill and flood every heart here. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Another part of coming back to the basics is this. That one of the questions that is the greatest challenge in my own life personally is when I'm thinking about being rooted in relationship with God, is am I hearing God myself as much as I'm hearing God for others? It's good to have words for people, and that's what it means, and having words when we have gatherings together, and and that's part of being a prophetic people. But part of being rooted in relationship with God is, what is God speaking to me? Am I giving space and time in my devotional time to stop and listen to hear his voice? You might say, well, what does God's voice, how does God speak? What does his voice sound like? It's not like, Mike, my son, do you have any questions? It's not like a big audible voice. One of the things that's helped me the most is that God speaks in the spontaneous. My own thoughts tend to be quite pondering and and they linger. And my own thoughts can be something like, you know, do I do this or do I do that tomorrow? Am I going to have soup for lunch or am I going to have a sandwich? It's sort of lingering thoughts. I'm lingering with those things. But spontaneous is where all of a sudden a spontaneous thought drops in your head. You're driving down the road or you're walking or you're cycling. All of a sudden a spontaneous thought, pray for Job. Or maybe as you're reading the scriptures, have you found that just you're, even your regular Bible reading, all of a sudden a scripture jumps out at you or a, a, a scripture verse just pops into your heart that just speaks right at where you are at the moment. Or a worship song all of a sudden just begins to play in your heart that just really connects your heart to God. When I was first kind of learning to, to, to hear God when I was a young, young person, I, I was in a worship service and I was praising, praising God or worshiping and and I've just felt a, a word come to my heart, extol, E-X-T-O-L. It's, it's a Bible word. And, and, and so I thought, okay. So I did the very spiritual thing. And back in the days, there was concordances in the back of the Bible. So I went and looked in the back of the Bible and, and looked at where extol was. And, and I came upon a passage in Psalm. And there was kind of a ding, ding in my heart that this was, the, this was a passage. So I thought, well, I'll just read that passage. And so I, I went up to the front like we do here, and I just, I just shared that verse, and I sat down. I didn't have much more about that. Well, when the speaker got up to speak, there was, he said, I'd just like to thank Mike for sharing that verse, that God changed my message this morning, and that was the verse that God gave me for that morning. So even just a spontaneous thought was a communication from God. And even recently, there was a, a group of us went to encourage King's, the King's Care team, which is the social action team in, in Norwich. And we, we went along with, with Ben and, and did some encouragement and prayer for them. And, 
And there was one gentleman that we were praying for. And, and I, when I first saw him, I didn't have any thought in, in my heart. And so I, I put my hand on him and I just prayed. And I had a simple thought. And the simple thought, the spontaneous thought was, you have a gentle heart, but a brilliant mind. And I just went on to share a little bit about how God was going to use that heart that he had to, with, and his brilliant mind to, to make changes in the work he was doing. I didn't know anything about it. Well, it turns out that he was in the medical profession and actually worked all over the world in many different situations with, with renovate, um, innovative technologies and things like that in the medical profession. I don't know about you, but did you ever lose your keys? <laughs> you know, I, I find myself that God's just so gracious because even in the midst of, of losing my keys, I say, God, where are my keys? And he graciously just, all of a sudden, I can have a picture in my mind about where I had it before. You know, my wife would say, where did you see it last? But, but God will graciously give me a picture of where, where, in my heart. And I just go and have a look. And sometimes, there they are. And I go, thank you, God. It's a spontaneous thought. And that is the work of our spirit. Or maybe even while you're, while you're listening to, to somebody speak or a sermon, there's a line that just jumps out and it actually links with exactly something you read last week in, in your Bible reading that just echoes God's encouragement to you. Our spirit captures spontaneous thoughts. And that's important for us to recognize that, that we need to have discernment because the enemy also can drop sometimes negative thoughts in our head that we have to have discernment to make sure that we're listening to what God is speaking and not what the enemy is. You notice sometimes in the midst of worship, all of a sudden you have this spontaneous thought of how rubbish your week was. Or, or just a thought of something that will pull you down. A quick thought that you just realize that it's drawing you away from God. And that's where we have to have discernment. To be saying, is this pulling me to God or pulling me away from God? Our spirit captures spontaneous thoughts. And it's important that we need to recognize that. And as Christians, I think most of us, have these impressions of God's encouragement to us. You might think, well, that's just me. <laughs> or, and maybe have a lack of confidence to share some of those things that God says. One of the things that Ben said a number of years ago that really stuck with me, he said, it's not a matter of gifting, but of confidence. And I think the, the only way for us, we sometimes think that the only way that we share things is at this little microphone right here. And, and we thought, well, I'm not sure I can, I can share from the microphone. But in our small groups, in our, in our running partners, even over a cup of coffee, with our Christian friends. We have regularly times when we can just say, God, what's your heart for this person? And even, even as part of our regular church life, that we regularly have conversations with people at the end of the service that says, you know, God spoke something to me, but I didn't have the confidence to share those things. That's part of growing in being a prophetic people. And collectively, we continue to grow to be a group of people that are individually hearing God for ourselves and hearing God for others. And that's where we grow to be a prophetic people. And we know that it's much more than just simply listening to God and what he's heard and not doing anything about it. It's like saying, it's not good enough for us just to say, well, thanks God, thanks for saying that, I really appreciate it. But are we listening and doing what he says? My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Pete Gregg put it that these two qualities are two things. Our ability to recognize his voice and our readiness to follow. 
It's a little bit like when you have your toddler and they, they start running away in the supermarket and they're calling their voice, Michael, when I'm in trouble, I call my long name, Michael, Michael, come, come back. And, and they'll turn for a second to acknowledge that you're listening and, and keep going in the same direction. Because sometimes I find that when I've been struggling to hear God in a moment, sometimes I need to go back and think of what's the last thing that God said to me and have I done anything about it? Maybe it's something that God was trying to get my attention and we just kind of ignore it. And so God can say, okay, we'll camp here for a minute. And this came really clear for me when I was a young Christian. And I heard people talk about, you need to get water baptized. And every time I heard about getting water baptized, my heart would go, pum, 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 pum. And I, I said, no, God, I can't do that. And he just kept, every time it came up, pum, 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 get water baptized. And there came a point where I realized that I, didn't, I wasn't to be led by fear of man, but to be obedient to God. But sometimes you might say, well, why doesn't God speak so clearly? You know, there's, there's times when it seems like, like life is good and we're kind of going around and God just seems to be just speaking things and encouraging. We just feel like things are going really clearly. But then there's times when I realize that when I haven't been hearing God so clearly, that God is drawing me closer to him. I'm a Canadian, and one of the things that God spoke to me about, he says, you know, I, I don't want to have to hit you with a snowball every time you're running around, but I'd rather that you sit and let the snow build up on your shoulders. And to me, that just speaks of not just running around, being really busy and hearing little bits of God, but taking time to linger in his presence, as our Jody Peak would say, lingering longer in his presence and just listening and letting him fill our heart with his truth. And there's something that has just become so significant now in my relationship with God that I wish I had done this earlier in my life. But it's making space to be still. I've, I've come to, to be in a, what I call my third office. That kind of came from lockdown where we had our, our office and then we had our, our our office from home. But there's this space I call my third office. And it's just finding a place to be still. It, whether you're sitting or walking, it doesn't have to be, be uh, just sitting. But, and I just simply come before God and I say, here I am, Lord. And one of the things that I find in the seasons of life, particularly lately, is I'm always learning that God sometimes speaks first with our tears. He knows when our hearts are overwhelmed. He knows our pain. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. When we were growing up, my mom, hi mom, she'll be watching from Canada later. But, um, my mom would read us the Psalms from the Amplified Bible. And she'd get to, to Selah, and in the Amplified Bible, it's Selah. Pause and calmly think of that. And in that stillness, sometimes how God pours out my heart is first of all with tears. And in that stillness, sometimes I put some tunes on and worship. Not all the time do I hear clearly what he's saying. But I'm still and I pour out my heart to God. And what I find is the more that I do that, it just makes me more and more clear when the other things that I'm doing in my life. 
It's so important that we understand that the prophetic being rooted in our relationship with God. You might be thinking, well, I have no control over this. I just get a word and I give a word. But actually, what you find is hearing God out of relationship is that God invites a dialogue with you and I. A great example of that is David. I love the Psalms because David, at the beginning of Psalms, that he kind of has the, the, the confidence in his relationship with God just to pour out his heart, just to, to kind of express what's going on, kind of have uh, God, what he's going through at that moment. And many times you can see those moments at the beginning of Psalms that by the end of them, you start to hear God's thoughts through David in that. Let me give an example. In Psalm 4, we see the beginning of it. He says, answer me when I call, O God, my righteousness. You've given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will will you love vain words and seek after lies? And then there is a Selah. Pause and calmly think about it. David pours out his heart in his writings and and then he pauses. And then look at verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. It's like when we take time, like when you're with a good friend and just pouring out your heart just seems to clear your heart to be able to see things more clearly. Just expressing really how things are going on God can take what's going on in our heart and then pausing and listening, then God begins to share his thoughts to us. One of the best ways that I find has helped me with this is with a journal. And it helps me to capture those spontaneous thoughts. This is my very first journal from 1986. This is uh, 33 years ago, or 36 years ago. Uh, I was, this is 19-year-old Mike. <laughs> and if you look at, you look, there's, there's sort of page dates at the top of each page. Maybe if you don't have one like that, just putting a date on there helps you to look back in the moment. Now what you're writing, you can look back in the future with perspective to see some of the things that God was talking about and you're talking you were going through in that moment it's one of those things that i remember jackie kinney talking about building a history with god because the things you write now are something you can look back later and when you write them sometimes we talk about just like david at the beginning that just taking a moment and just beginning to write what's on your heart when we said this to people it said it just helps to still your heart. It helps you to focus. It helps you to be still and centered with God in that moment. So it might be something like, God, today is just a really difficult day. <laughs> I'm struggling to trust you. I'm struggling with what I'm doing. And then I pause. Sometimes if I'm reading my Bible and that verse that jumps out at me in that moment, I'll write that down as well. Collecting the things that God, what I feel like God's put upon my heart. And this is one of those days in the end of January, 1986, 19-year-old Mike. I just paused and I had this thought, do not worry or be anxious. So I wrote that down. And then I, I stopped and I go, is that me? Is that God? And, and if I'd stop and, and, and try to analyze that in that moment, 
it's almost like that affects the flow because I've switched from listening to God to analyzing it in my head. But what I do, and I just, I just kept listening. And it doesn't flow like a big river. It's just little thoughts. Do not worry or be anxious, but trust in me. You've tried to look at things and work out things with your own mind, but you'll only be discouraged. Do those things that I've given you, and in my timing, I will make my will and vision for you more clearly. 19-year-old Mike. The other cool thing, just to be really honest with this, is the fact that this is 19-year-old Mike, and at the bottom, it just says there, do not look at the weak areas of your life, but know that I created every part of you And these weaknesses and areas are where I can more perfectly show my abilities through through you. And I just was so touched that God, 19-year-old Mike, when you spoke that, speaks to me today. I thought, God, you're just so good. You're so good in that. Many times we get in a place where we feel like, I feel like I'm in a rut. I feel like, I feel like I'm not really hearing God. I'm, I just feel like my relationship is just kind of in a rut. And, and I love the illustration. I, I, my computer's in my background. And, and, and when a computer, the screen is all, all locked and you've got too many windows open and nothing's working, then you press reset. And it brings the computer back up afresh. And I want to encourage you and I to press reset in our relationship with God. Take time to be still before him. Some of you may have a really strong, great relationship with God right now, and that's really good. Keep growing in that. Keep doing that. I'm not assuming that we're all in the same places. But I know for me, even after all these years, there's moments I just need to press reset and talk to God afresh. I just wanted to finish with a testimony from our German gathering. There was a, Somebody sent through a little testimony of our gatherings together. He's a lead elder of a church. He leads the team of a church in Germany. He's a mature believer. And this is what he said. It has encouraged me anew to journal and thus has restored my capacity for more intense relationship with God. I found a way to be before God, to reflect and to be clear about many things. In the process, I experienced again and again how what I, what I write down becomes God speaking into my situation. So these are just some of the thoughts of understanding my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is our inheritance. That we're rooted in relationship with him and hearing God out of relationship with him And from there, we hear a richer, deeper sense of what God is saying to us in our lives. And that spills over in God being able to speak in our work situations, to speak in our small groups, to speak in our family, to speak in our our neighborhoods and in the people around us. And that's where we can be a prophetic people together. And what impact that will have to the people around us. Can we bow our heads?
I feel in the midst of this moment that God wants to have an opportunity to speak to us individually. In our prayer time before the church service, we were talking about how God touches us corporately as a people, but he also touches us individually. And I just want to take a moment for us to be still. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you by your Holy Spirit that you would move across every heart. Move in our midst, oh God, I pray. And as your Holy Spirit stirs in our hearts, as you're touching our hearts, I want you to ask God, I want you to ask God a question. I just want you to simply ask God, what is your heart for me? Let's just be still. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God. Let's just linger a little longer. Maybe a verse comes to your heart, a phrase of a verse, maybe a picture. You just say, God, what, what do you mean by that? Thank you, God. While we were being still, I just felt like God put a couple of thoughts upon my heart. The lady. Hi. Do you mind if I share a word of encouragement to you? Okay. You don't have to do anything. Just, just stay there. Um, I, I felt from the Bible, it talks about let the word of God be richly in your, in your heart. I 
felt like the Word of God is something that's really significant to you. And I felt like God just wanted to encourage you that you have, you have fed on the Word of God and you, you love the Word of God. And God is going to use that not only to feed you, but to feed others. And I feel like some of the ways that God wants to encourage you is He's going to give you encouragement to others from things that you read in the Bible. And I just felt like God wanted to encourage you in, the, in that moment that you've been sowing in hearing in, in the Word of God, and He just wants to encourage you in that. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Gentlemen near the back. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Do you mind if I share a word of encouragement? Yeah. Um, I felt like you have an inquisitive mind. And a, an acquisitive heart that, that you have been asking God lots of good questions. And I feel like God just wants to encourage you that he is the God of all the answers. But he loves the questions. That that's not in the realm of, of not drawing closer to him. But on your journey of getting to know him more. That he's going to give you answers to those questions. I believe with not only through directly by prayer and, and hearing from him, but by people around you. And I, I feel as though that you're not only going to be somebody that is going to have, get answers to your questions, but I feel like even your inquisitive mind is going to have people around you that like to ask good questions. And God's going to use that in the days ahead and the seasons ahead to be an encouragement and to help people to more perfectly understand what it means to be a Christian. I feel like God just wants to encourage you with, with all the things that are in your heart and your journey towards getting to know Him more. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Let's, let's stand if we can, please.